0: I'm Tony Lockwood, founder of Thompson Wright Partners, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of Inside Track, where I discuss business transformation journeys with leading figures in industry. I'm delighted to announce that the Inside Track podcast has recently been recognised as one of the top 20 podcasts in its field. This is great recognition to all involved in putting the series together. I'm always amazed at how open my guests have been and how willing they are to share their experience. Without them, this show would not exist. So once again, a great big shout out and thank you to all of my guests. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Willis. Adam recently joined the Transformation Leaders Hub and from our very first engagement with him, I was drawn to his natural yet direct style. I'm sure you'll enjoy our conversation today. Let me introduce him to you now. Um, well, thanks, Adam. Thanks for uh, agreeing to join us today. Um, as we always do on, on on these podcasts, we we start off with, I suppose, setting up the context of of, of our upcoming conversation. So, can you just um, briefly give us a, a summary of your 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 background and your your experience and uh, and, and and I suppose how you transition how you transitioned into the world of uh, change and transformation. Yeah, sure. So
1: I've, I've been working in financial services and, and recently fintech firms for, for the last 20 years. So straight out of college, first job was a cashier at my local HSBC branch. Um, and over the years, I've taken on different roles, um, worked through lots of different operational roles, um, and my transition into transformation really came from, from working at Lehman Brothers, um, which I know isn't very popular for right? <laughs> different reasons. Um, I, I would like to caveat it that it wasn't to me. <laughs> I didn't take that down. Um, but when they went into administration, uh, we started working with the, the administrators that came in. Um, and they were primarily looking at it from a project or a program perspective. and started to take notice of what they were doing and actually didn't seem like a million miles away from the work that I was doing, even though, you know, we were, we were introducing new software all the time and introducing new processes. We just hadn't wrapped it up into some sort of a project methodology and started working closely with them, learning from them. And, and, and that made me realize that that was the sort of work that I wanted to get into. I wanted to move away from the operations and the administration role, not that anything wrong with it, but I've done 10 years at that point and, and start to go into that transformation. So started at, at the very bottom of the transformation work, um, started in the change management team and over the years built built up in terms of going from small projects to more complex projects to then managing programs and then managing large transformational programs. And, and that's taken me really, you know, up to where I am now and thinking back those 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 years from Lehman Brothers seemed like a lifetime ago, but that, that was actually, for me, that was a real pivotal point in my in my career and a real learning experience for yeah, me. Yeah.
0: It's it's interesting because that, that's a similar background to mine. I, I started in banking and, um, and and worked through operational banking roles and then got the opportunity to, to get involved in a, a transformation uh, exercise that we brought McKinsey's in to, to advise on the structure and, and, mm. and, and, and the ways of working. But then a whole group of us from within the bank came together to, to lead some of the projects. And, and that was my transition from operating right, okay. into, into, into transformation myself. And, uh, uh, but, I, but I think the discipline, what I found, the discipline that you have within banking and operating that regulatory world and that sort of mm. need for process, it's almost quite a natural transition into managing projects and managing managing change and managing and, and large-scale transformations. Is that something that you find?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I also find that having been in the administration side of things, that we are delivering projects, I'm always very mindful of, well, what does that mean to the people that are doing the actual job? Because I've done that before, and I know what it feels like when someone introduces change. Um, and, and administrative jobs, yeah, they are very process-driven, they're very structured, and that really benefited me when I became a project manager and then became a program manager and that I've always tried to apply a structure to what I'm doing, a logical structure so that in an environment that is ever changing and sometimes uncertain, I'm very clear on what I'm doing and I can I can use those tools to to navigate that that uncertainty. So I definitely find that, that that's a benefit and I haven't really thought about it like that before. Right.
0: Interesting. Um, one of the uh, questions that we always ask uh, again just to 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 put everything in, the, in into context uh, but how do you define transformation because there's so many different definitions out there
1: yeah i know i've 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 read a lot about you know evolution and, you know, the caterpillar to the butterfly. And actually, interestingly, at the moment for our, for our kids at, at home, we've had to get caterpillars in to show them, uh, show them what it means to turn into a butterfly. But I think for me, it's probably, I see it as a little bit simpler than that. I, I see it as an um, improvement through change. Right. And it can be, the, the change can be, it might not be a huge evolution, like, you know, a, a, a caterpillar into a butterfly. It could be a small thing, like improving the process. But actually, for the person doing that job, that's a huge transformation that could improve their day-to-day role. Um, it could be something that improves the client experience, especially for banks. Um, but it can, it can go all the way up to organizational restructuring. It can be, you know, at the moment I'm working on creating new legal entities for banks. Um, and that's a huge transformation. But it's still done to improve where they are at the moment. And that's that's really how I view view projects or view transformation.
0: And which roles have you most enjoyed? You know, is there is there been a consistent theme on the ones that you've enjoyed, or is it you, you actually enjoyed the variety? I
1: to start off with, I think I just I was really grateful to be doing something different where I could where I could. Take my experience with administration and look at it and say, "Well, if I if I had the opportunity, or I now have the opportunity to improve things. How would I go about improving it? And, and how would I and how would I work with the business to to deliver that? And I, and I think that I've really enjoyed that side where I can make someone's day to day job, which is very structured, um, an improvement, make it a bit more enjoyable, um, and really enjoy working with people. But recently, having moved up into more complex programs, I started working with Um, senior management and understanding their their vision and their strategy and i really enjoy working with them to help define their strategy and sometimes help them get to the point where they actually know what their strategy is and then use the tools that i've built up over the years of working in program management to to implement that to make that work and and how that that vision and that strategy can actually impact, again, going back to those people doing the administrative roles, maybe not just the first layer of management, but all the way down and seeing how that can improve um, improve the company, but also improve um, employees' experience.
0: That's great. And, and I think the, the key thing there is, is that understanding, that putting yourself in the shoes of, the, as you say, the administration team, um, because you've been there, you've got some personal experience that you can you can bring, but also you know engaging with them to understand what it means to them um, has proven time and time again to be a recipe for success in in changing transformation.
1: Yeah, definitely, and sometimes you speak to people about the change that that you're that you're looking to implement, especially if you do it early on. I've learned I've learned not to try and do it too late in the process, but to do it really early on. And you you'll find the people that really are up for it, and they think, "Yeah, this is fantastic." And then there's there's always a group of people, your naysayers, effectively, that say, yeah. "I'm not. This is this is awful. This isn't what we should be doing." And and I tend to find actually listening to them is where I get my best insights from. Cause it's great to have that group of people that support you and they're really useful, but also those people that really aren't keen on that change. Mm. They might be looking at it from a perspective of, well, they might, they might have a view that can really help you to say, well, actually, this is why I don't think this is a good idea. And it can start to make you challenge the why you're doing this. If you're in a position where in the mindset where you can accept that challenge, um, not be too egotistical about the work that you're doing to think it's going to improve everyone's life, but say, okay well let let me know your thoughts on this. You might find a way to to change what you're doing, still deliver and, and deliver a better outcome for everyone involved. so I, I, yeah and, and, I, and I think having that perspective of what does it mean for for everyone that's that's going to be impacted by this change that that really helps, and like you say it's,
0: it's definitely a, useful, a a useful perspective to have. But doing that early on, I think, yeah. pretty it really helpful. It's interesting. Uh, in previous shows, we um, people have talked about um, red, amber, green people. So you've got you've got the greens, as you say, yeah. just, they'll just go with it because you know they're they're quite relaxed. Um, and then you've got the reds that are quite um, um, quite dismissive initially, potentially. Yeah. Um, and and then you've got these sort of uh the, the, the people in the middle ground that don't actually know that they, they, they need to they need to be taken on that journey. Um but I think that approach where you were saying of 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 engaging with those red and amber people in and mm. my way of looking at it is is, is is good because as you say, by allowing them to challenge you back and being open to that challenge. Uh, must open up so much more insight into the state of the business the, the what what what's going on in at the front line um, yeah. because you might have a process everyone we, we all have processes but actually those those documented processes very rarely reflect reality don't they? and and, and um, it's getting that that key, those key key themes out from from the individuals can can help, yeah. can help you massively in in, in managing that transition and managing that change
1: exactly yeah so the, the you know when you document a process you don't document all the nuances that, that someone will go through um but also i i was on a, a call the other day um and this this guy was presenting you know talking about what they call a red team people that really are <laughs> that will challenge you at every single step yeah. away um and not just you but the project the program itself and having that team established from really the get-go and having them involved, like a steering group or sort, yeah, yeah. where where the whole way through you you can rely on them to give you that challenge, um, as opposed to say maybe some steering groups that you go to where where a lot of the people there are champions of what you're doing anyway, so they're they're pretty much going to support you the whole way through and maybe challenge a little bit. But this this group of people you rely on to challenge you the whole way through to make sure that. You are doing the right thing to hold you accountable for it, um, and it's quite interesting actually because I think had I thought of doing something like this in some of my other programs that I've that I've led, I, I definitely could have got a team of, of red people together. Yeah. Um, and there, but actually, I probably never brought all those individual people together in one place to so they could really you know come together and share all their thoughts and 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 see the benefit in. In their opinion, and, and the reason why
0: they're challenging. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can think back to some of the programs I've been involved in, and and some of the programs we you go to the steering groups and it's a breeze, and you come away thinking, well, that's a bit of a waste of time, and then there's there's other programs. I remember one probably 15 years ago now, um, and um, it was it was one of the national um, infrastructure companies. Um, and we were making a significant investment in new technology. Um, And every steering group, because of of the size of the the investment, the steering groups were every two or three weeks. Mm. Um, So literally, you just finish one, and then you're almost planning for the next one. Um, And um, there was two people in that steering group. That you, if you weren't at the top of your game, you knew you were going to come out of there feeling <laughs> in the room. Um But it, it it sort of really kept everything very tipped up. You know, it forced you to be at the top of your game when you when when you went into those sessions and and make sure that there was no surprises. So you did all the so all the good stuff that everyone knows you should do. But because there were those those that type of people; those you know, the uh, mm. uh, the people that would, would 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 keep you honest almost. Um, then it forced you to go through that, and it just kept it it kept it at the front of your mind rather than at the back of your mind, because we all know we should do those sort of things, but it's easy to fall yes. into the trap, isn't it?
1: Definitely, and I also find with those people that once once you find a good way of working with them, and um, and they they start to build up confidence in you they're real influencers as well yeah, yeah, across the organization uh, uh, and also if you know they're known to present challenges not just not just in those sort of forums but just in their day-to-day work if people start seeing that well actually that person's now becoming a supporter of this work then they can start to make people think well i should really start paying attention to this as well yeah. so um it's yeah they have, natural,
0: they have natural followers don't they they do, they do.
1: And it, with those sort of people, I mean, early stages of my career, my my naivety or my lack of experience would be to try and avoid them at all, all costs. Yeah. But um, once you build up that experience, you, you realise that, well, one, you can't avoid them at all costs, but two, you shouldn't be because because they've got they've got an opinion that's valid. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it might not be, it, you just don't share the same opinion, but actually if you take a step back and look at what you're doing and then you realise, well, they generally are challenging for a good reason then like you say you need to you need to up your game yeah. um, and it it makes you i find it makes you better at your job
0: i agree and, and i think um if, if you avoid them and you uh, and you don't um confront it head-on then they, they will take their followers with them and, and 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 they'll go down a route that you don't want them to go down uh, and then definitely you, and the issue become and the challenge becomes a lot bigger
1: I, I, I was working with one person uh, I, I won't name them but um they were very very challenging from from my first day they they grilled me a lot um and I couldn't find over the next half a year a way to resolve that issue um, because in any email any phone call any meeting they would just go for me um and just challenge everything I was doing I was thinking god, god. you know I was taking it quite personally and at the same time I was um I was on the uh, the managing successful programs course, and I asked our trainer, "Look, you know, what would you do in this situation? Uh, because I'm I'm coming up with blanks right now." She said, "Just give them a call. Call them up one to one and seek their opinion. Every time you think you're going to do something, as opposed to presenting it to a group, speak to them first. Get their thoughts. Let them know that, and it, they start to get to the feeling like their their voice is being heard, that their opinions are being heard. They're not. They're not." having to fulfil the role of being the naysayer on a call in front of people because they might not actually enjoy doing that, but they feel strongly about something that they need to say it. And actually, when I started doing that, I got such a better rapport with that person. Um, and like you say, that they, they, they do influence other people. They do have a group that follow them. And that when they, those people um, start to be brought along on the journey that you're working, they're, they're huge supporters and they can, they can really make things happen. Yeah, so I, I found that was one of the the biggest uh, important lessons that I learned. Fortunately, a long time ago
0: now. No, no, and, and I think as as we said earlier, we touched on it earlier, didn't we? Uh, about actually, those it's those lessons, those 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 aspects that go slightly wrong or um, mm-hmm. completely wrong in some cases, where you you get your biggest lessons and 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 you get your biggest successes in future because you don't want to repeat that, that, those mistakes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I had something similar where I took on my first program um, and it was a promotion, my first opportunity to to make that step from project to program management officially. Uh, And I took it on. I was just so very excited to take on this program that I, I didn't really ask why are we doing this enough? Mm. I asked that question to start off with. I asked for the mandate and all that. And then I started to try and champion that across the organisation. But I never really asked her, why, why are we doing this? Oh, and are we doing it in the right way? I had a vision of how we were going to do it. I checked it with everyone. Everyone was, everyone seemed to be on board. But I met a lot of resistance along the way. Um, but I don't think I was ready at that point to start asking the asking the question of myself. Am I doing the right thing? Because I was so so desperate to be... You know, we're not desperate, but very excited and motivated to be a program manager and to take that step on. that I think had I had I taken a step back and and actually really challenged the why, I could have probably created an even more successful program. It was still successful, but it wasn't, I don't think we ever truly reached um or delivered the outcomes that, that we could have had we had we just stopped pause for a second. Because sometimes when you're in that that environment, you're under pressure to deliver. You need to deliver. You need to be delivering as soon as possible. So um, that was a huge lesson for me. A lesson,
0: and, and, and it's an important lesson because you know all too often um, you do, and you know whether or not it's your first program or whether or not it's your hundredth program, the, the challenge always is once you've got final sign-off of the business case, you usually a number of weeks, if not months, behind schedule. Or, or, and so you immediately start going headlong into implementation. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and, the, and the lesson, as you, as you learned, was you actually, at that stage, you need to step back and really understand it and, and understand the rationale and the reasons why and buy into those because the first stage of a, of a programme manager or a transformation director or someone who's leading a change you you you're the salesperson for that change, and yeah. if you don't and, and if you don't believe in it yourself and understand it completely it's very difficult to sell that that concept um, yeah and, and and a lot of people ignore that and 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 almost think well it's been signed off, so we go progress and we go follow a structure and we mm. get there yeah and they will get there. But they'll get their kick with, with people kicking and screaming along the way, and probably won't realise the maximum benefits. As you found that, that you could have done if you'd just taken a step back and really bought yeah. it. Yourself.
1: And I think it also you can you can lose the motivation of your team, not just the business that you're delivering it to as well, but also your team that should be sharing that vision with you, yeah. motivated and empowered by that vision. And um, when they start having to fight the same battles that you are. It it can have it can impact that that sort of environment, uh, the project or the program environment that you're trying to create, which is which is collaborative and an enjoyable experience where you're where you, where you are delivering. And, and if everyone's facing challenges, then then it isn't a, you know it's not a very pleasant environment, and you feel like you're fighting a constant uphill battle.
0: Yeah.
1: When when actually you're meant to be delivering benefits, so it, <laughs> it feels like it should be the other way around. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the difference, isn't it, between ideally you're in a situation where the business is pulling in the change as opposed mm-hmm. to what tends to happen a lot of the time you're pushing it in and, and, and it's much harder to push than to, to, to guide it along a, a path that people are pulling, toward, uh, pulling, pulling it into. into, the, into the, their yeah, way.
1: exactly. You,
0: ju- you just touched on something there about um, cre- creating a, um, a collaborative uh, environment can you just explain a little bit more about that and, and, and how you've gone about doing that in the, in the past?
1: Yeah, so I've, I've been in many working environments where it's been very much a, uh, a dictatorship in, in sorts where you're told this is what you're doing um, and, and it's an environment where you don't challenge um, and you just do it because that's your job and you turn up and you need to do your job so you can get paid. Um, but I think that that working environment or that approach to work has i've seen significantly changed from the 90s and the noughties to where, to where we are now where where people want want to work collaboratively in terms of not just telling not, not telling you what to do we're going to create an environment where everyone is, has an opinion and that opinion can be heard and that opinion is valued and when you start to do that it, you know, every, everyone can find different ways of solving different issues um, and as opposed to me saying to my project managers and my BAs, this is how you're going to fix it. I say to them, right, this is the problem. How are we going to fix it? And and the first time I did it, I remember everyone said, Well, isn't that what you're meant to tell us? And I was like, well, we all, we all have a view here. And, and, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So let, let's let hear your ideas. And so I think that collaborative space starts, you start that off in your project or your program, your team. And then you invite the business to in be involved in that collaboration, um, and then they feel that there's so many benefits from that. The business start to feel that they're being listened to, their ideas are being taken on, um, and it's not just being done for the sake of doing it. Because I know certain institutions they like to use words like "we're working in an agile environment," but sometimes it's more of a tick box exercise. I think you've got to really believe in it and really um, foster that on a daily basis. So that it's, again, it's not an environment where you're being told what to do. It's the environment where we are all working together to find the best solution. Now, sometimes that's challenging because people want to, like what we said earlier, you want to deliver quickly. And it feels like if you're taking, if you're always stopping to, to take into everyone's point of view, um, you might feel like you're slowing down. But the bigger picture is that you are deliv- you, it's a way of delivering a lot more benefit. Um and it also makes it a much more enjoyable experience. Yeah, yeah. it's much more enjoyable from my perspective when I've been in more junior roles being asked my opinion as opposed to being told this is how you're going to do it because I might because I do the job, I might know a better way of doing it yeah. but some I remember I used to work with a guy who used to say our is not to reason why hour is just to do and die and I just thought, well, that's a really horrible way to look at work, but it was at that point very realistic and if you are given that opportunity to reason why, um then, then you you just create a much better environment where where there's 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 trust, there's respect, but everyone's involved. Every, everyone can you know work on this thing to deliver and, and it's not an environment where I'm doing something to you, we're doing something together that that improves. And that's really where I see collaboration. I don't see it as a very complex um, approach to working is quite straightforward really but it, it has a huge benefit on people and a lot of companies that I'm working in now are starting to to shift their mindset that way which I think is fantastic.
0: I agree and uh, but uh, but I think one of the challenges that you, um, a lot of people and more that, maybe more the, the more traditional people um, have when, when you start talking about um um you know running a program in the way that you've just described it is that well don't we just create a talking shop then uh, and and so so how do you overcome that how do you, how do you ma- uh, maintain the momentum um in in that change or in, in or in that program whilst maintaining that collaborative element in that com- uh, collaborative spirit within the team
1: yeah, so it is, it is challenging because you you still have to keep your eye on the prize. Effectively, you still need to make sure that everything's being um, discussed and focused on where we need to get to. So people will inevitably go off on a tangent a little bit, go down a rabbit hole, um, and and it's I think it's your role to facilitate that conversation, to set the the why are we having this conversation to start with? What is the outcome that we're looking to get out of this conversation? And if you set that from the very the very beginning of all all conversations, whether that be, you know, just a meeting or, you know, a big workshop, whatever it is, as long as people have got clear that this is the outcome that we're trying to do, this is the reason why we're meeting, let's have this discussion, then it's it's easy enough to bring everyone back. I always see that as whoever's chairing the call is that is that person's responsible for doing that so making sure that we come back to that place and actually other people start to pick up on that and they can help you there as well and as long as you've always got a clear outcome of where you want to get to then you can avoid the you know having a meeting where you come out of the meeting and think oh, well we, did we actually did we do anything there you know yeah. what was the outcome of that meeting i'm not very clear so you can avoid that scenario but you, you need to that needs to be consistent Oh,
0: but, but it's the key of, of saying, isn't it, uh, right up front, as you just said there? It's every every interaction that you have. Be clear about the objectives. Ensure those objectives of that meeting, that workshop, that 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 one-to-one discussion. That there is a there's a task that we've got to achieve, and we we, we want to achieve that task together. What's the, 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 let's come together and work out the best way of going from a to b definitely and, and, that's, and a, what, that's what we're trying to do we're not we're not here to just have a, a have, have a nice chat or hmm. or, 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 or go back and revalidate whether or not the, the 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 original plan or the original strategy is right or wrong we, we are in the midst of driving this and delivering this but there's lots of ways that we can go about it. So let's work about let's work out the most effective way that works for the majority of us. Yeah.
1: And I think with things like that as well, when 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 you empower your team to go and have those conversations, it's just giving them some very simple tools. So I've worked in teams before or, or had and I'm sure we've all had meeting invites that come through where there's no agenda, it just catch up. And you just think, well. What, what what we're here to talk about, and it, and it's not trying to be rude or challenging to that person, but it's like, well, let's make the most out of our time, and and that that I find work with with the team that I've had in the past. have always said, you know, just make sure that you're getting the most benefit out of the time that you have with this person. So, and also, you give that person an opportunity to prepare, so that they 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 come to that meeting ready to talk about what they want to talk about. They don't have to have the meeting and then say, right, well, I need to go away and think about this and come back and effectively have the meeting that we should have had in the first place um, and it, I always find with things like that it's, it's just it's just those simple little processes that make a, a huge difference to, to your interactions with your business and the outcomes that you that you want to achieve
0: and, and um in your in your experience and the projects and programs that you've been involved in um so it, it's it's always it's, it's always good to talk about the successes um, but I think it, coming back to what we were talking about earlier, it, it, it's also good to reflect on those that haven't gone terribly well. Um, when, when you've done that, because I, I know, you know that's, that's a big part of, of, of your approach, uh, you know, have you identified specific elements of programs or projects that you've worked on that have not been as successful? Has, has, have there been sort of one or two common issues that are, keep cropping up, do you think?
1: I think going back to what we, we were discussing earlier, where it's why are we doing this? Um, especially as a contractor, you get your new contract, you're very excited, you get in and, and, and you're there to deliver. Um, and you might not be there to, to challenge why are we doing this? And are we doing this in the right way? Um, I think that's one of the key ones. Um, but we've already discussed that. And, and the other for me is, is communication. I, I think, well, communication and leadership, but I think communication is absolutely key, just like any relationship. I'm writing an article about it at the moment, but a failing relationship is one usually where people are not communicating to each other. People feel yeah. segregated. They don't know how the other person feels and it inevitably gets to a point where, where it comes to an end. And I trying to look at programs and projects that I've been involved in before where I wasn't leading, where the communication was with the business, but also with the project team program wasn't very good. People were not being made aware of decisions. So people would be constantly frustrated that the work that they were doing is actually now slightly irrelevant and people start to feel isolated. And when people start to feel isolated from the work, they're not really there to work with you. They're they're just going through the motions of being there effectively. Um, And also the business as well, how you communicate with the business and when you communicate with the business. I've been in many programs and projects where we're delivering IT and the business are then involved gathering the requirements and doing the UAT and then implementation, and then not involved the whole way through. And I, th- I think that's that's a really good way of um, segregating yourself from the business, making it feel like you're doing something to them, and you're going to meet resistance. And actually, be- you're probably going to deliver something that isn't fit for purpose anymore. Um, so communicating p- with people early, and it doesn't need to be a new way of communicating with, with someone. It's just as simple as making sure you're clear on who you need to speak to and involving them right from the start all the way through and being as clear and transparent as you can with them, even when things are maybe not going so well, actually say, you know, hand up, you know, we've got some delays here. This, this is the work that we're doing. This is the challenge that's ahead of us. Um, And we're working through that and we appreciate any, any input and involving the business. I I think that's, that's really key really key in terms in terms of delivering that benefit and and it kind of goes hand in hand with that 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 challenge that we talked about um you know with the red team yeah making sure they're involved really early on um but making sure everyone's involved really on uh, early on so that so that you can you can deliver this thing together Um, I, i see that as that's definitely been a big problem in the past um, and one of the things that when I got into program management that I thought, right, okay, well, I'm going I'm to try and resolve this early on and I'm going to do my best to make sure my team and I are talking to everyone about this um, in the right way, in the right, in the right format, using, using the right tools. Yeah, uh, yeah so not being annoyance, <laughs> you know, be call- calling someone up every day, but doing it in the right way so that pe- people feel involved. Um, I, think, I think that's really critical.
0: Yeah. I think um, I, I, I wrote an article last week um, um, about a six-stage six change accelerator that I developed a few years ago, um, and it just follows the moniker C H A N G E, and um, and the H is honesty in communication, um, uh, because all too often, if we've got bad news to tell, we d- we don't tell it, and and and. and, and in my experience and in lots of experiences of, of other people, even when it's bad news, it's better to tell people than not. Mm. Uh, and, uh, or, or even when you don't know what the solution is going to be, just tell them that you don't know what the solution is going to be, but we're working through it. And what we do know is this is the approach that we're taking to understand and, and come to the conclusion um because if you if you leave a void in that communication elements people will make up their own stories and normally the worst stories than reality uh, and it can create so much uh, noise in the organization that can be so counterproductive to what you're trying to do the best thing is in my experience is to be honest in that communication and 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 outline when you communicate, keep to that time frame, outline when the decisions will be made and keep to that time frame. And people buy into it. They might not like the message, but <laughs> appreciate the honesty. Yeah.
1: And, and if you're not being honest with someone, you know, going back to that, talking about relationships, and it is a relationship that you're trying to build up with, with your stakeholders. If you're not being honest with them, you're going to lose their trust and lose their confidence. Yeah. And I've worked with the regulators quite recently in in a number of different um, programs I've been doing. Uh, And one of the firms that I won't, again, won't mention, but they decided to withhold information from the regulators about a huge piece of work that we were doing against all the advice that we were giving them to say, just be honest with them, tell them what the issue is, but tell them how you're going to resolve it. But there's this fear of... Telling them the bad news and then, and and then them saying right okay well you know some, something horrendous happened and saying well you can't do this anymore which isn't the case um, so they didn't tell anyone and then the regulators found out later on and then and then there were bigger issues to resolve um, we still found an amicable solution but it could have been a lot less painful had we been honest early on and and I think that honesty is absolutely key and 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 that doesn't just doesn't have to be to, to to external stakeholders that can be in your projects as well just to say to people look this is what's happening this is how I think we're going to resolve it. Give me your thoughts let, let me know am I, am I doing the right thing here or am I, am I not because I think sometimes you you look at yourself as the person to to solve the issue, but you might not always be the person to find the solution, but you've definitely got the tools and the experience to know how to implement that solution yeah, yeah. and so yeah I think being being honest is 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 very key, and it's very tempting to sometimes not be honest because you're worried about the ramifications of, of letting someone know that actually, you know, all this time and money we've invested, there is a problem, but you know, we can fix it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, it's interesting. You just you just raised something that um, I I find can be a misinterpret. It can be misinterpreted uh, quite a lot around leadership. And people think leadership means you've got to have all the answers, and you've got to you've got to give those answers and, and, and be the originator of those answers. My definition of leadership is that you've got to be a great facilitator to 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 come up with those answers and engage with the right people so that you get the right answer. And um, and 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 I, and I find in. Um, maybe inexperienced program leaders then it it, there is that sort of tendency that if you ask me a question i've got to be i've got to be able to provide you with the answer Mm. and i might and and i might not know the answer but i'll make something up because i don't (laughs) want to i don't want (laughs) to appear to be i don't want to be caught out and uh, naturally going back to that honesty the best the best action is to I don't know but this is what I'm going to do to find the answer
1: yeah I I think so and I think that's where leadership has changed somewhat over over the years as well of of very much like you know I'm telling you what to do because I'm in this position so therefore I'm empowered and I know best to right okay well I'm in this position but I'm here to guide you Mm. I'm here to help us get from where we are to where we need to be um and a friend of mine was asking me about you know leadership what does it mean as a project manager or program manager and i I said i don't think it means much different to be a leader in project and program manager than it means to be a leader in anything in life i use the analogy of if you're out with a group of friends um you're in a bar and and we need to go on somewhere else maybe to a restaurant You've got two types of leaders. You've got one friend that just says, right, this is where we're going, because that's generally where they want to go, and they're not considering anyone else. Um, and then you've got the other person that says, right, okay, well, gets everyone together, like he says, gets everyone to f- you facilitate a conversation, you find out what everyone wants to do, and then you make a suggestion. And, it's- and then everyone goes along with that. And out of those two scenarios, if I was in the first scenario, I probably wouldn't be wanting to go to the place that they're going to. I feel like it's been told that I need to go here, which isn't really what friends should be doing and in the second scenario even if we don't go to the place that I wanted to go to at least would have thought I've been considered I'm more willing to go along with that evening Um, and I think that's that's the the art of of being a leader is guiding people to where we need to get to without dictating it the whole way along Um, and yes you're going to have to make decisions in very challenging situations sometimes that's just that's part of it but Using all the information available to you is, is really key in being being a leader, and is I think it's about being a leader that people want to follow, yeah. not people you know not being a leader that people have to follow.
0: So, so is that your one takeaway? Do you think then? Uh, we always end these uh, these shows um, with the uh, number one takeaway. I've got so many in my head,
1: but I would actually say um, believe in the change that you're delivering. because That sounds really cheesy, but you know I think if you if you you believe in the change that you're delivering, you're going to come across periods of ambiguity um, and if you believe in it, you're motivated to deliver it. You're also motivated to effectively sell it to the people that, that you're working with and the people that you're doing that to and you can become that champion of change and, and it can be a really positive experience. If you don't believe in it, it is an uphill battle. You're only, your motivation will only last so long um, and then you might come away from that experience with a lot of lessons to learn but potentially with maybe a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth or, or yeah. just something that, yeah, I did that and that was part of my career, but it's not something that you're going to jump up and down and say, look at this amazing thing that I did. So I think if, if you're able to, really pick those pieces of work that you believe in, in delivering. So that would be, that would be my takeaway.
0: Uh, and that's a great takeaway because, as you say, you'll be able to look back on your career and, and, and there'll be um, specific things then that you're very, very proud of. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Adam. It's a, it's a fascinating conversation, as always. Um, thank you, thanks for your time and your Um We occasionally get questions. Are you happy to um, answer any questions that come yeah, up? Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, any questions um, or yeah, any feedback, happy, happy, to, uh, happy to field
0: them. Super. Well, thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much for your time, Tony. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Adam, I can't believe that we're 40-plus minutes in. The conversation has just flowed. Once again, thank you. As I mentioned at the start of the show, Adam recently joined the Transformation Leaders Hub. If you haven't checked it out already and you operate in Change and Transformation, why not? The whole focus of TLH is to help its members to stand out, to provide a platform on which to build their reputation, expand their network and ultimately to attract new career opportunities to them. We have a core objective to be instrumental in delivering $100 million worth of opportunity into the membership within the next 10 years. We have recently launched the TLH mentoring program, so if you think you'd benefit from working alongside an experienced transformation leader, please do get in touch. Also, please do subscribe to the podcast and leave us your feedback. I will always respond to you, and I know my guests would be delighted to explore things further with you. See you in a couple of weeks.